Teddy Roosevelt is quoted as saying, believe you can do it and you are halfway there. Well, this episode marks the point that I'm supposed to be halfway to getting rid of Sonderlust. And if I'm honest, Teddy, I don't know that I believe I can do it. I don't know if he would agree with me or not, but I think the halfway point is the scariest place to be. And I shouldn't be surprised that life has been a challenge lately. I love the narrative theory of understanding our own life timeline. It's the idea that all of us are living some sort of story. I even wrote a book about it. For the book, and because I was super interested in it, I read a lot of Joseph Campbell's writing outlining the hero's journey, his theory that any good hero goes through a lot of ups and downs to make them capable of reaching their highest purpose. Even in the famous stories I loved as a child, like Lord of the Rings, in the middle, it never seemed like they would reach Mordor or slay Sauron. I know I'm a dork. Having the middle be the toughest part often makes for a great movie, but it makes for a hard couple of months. I've had to face myself in ways I wasn't prepared for, and I've worried that this podcast wouldn't have a happy ending. But I have to remind myself that I never promised that it would. Instead, I promise authenticity during the journey. As I re-listened to the conversations in this episode, I heard myself sound down and insecure. But I have to remember that this is just the middle of the story, and the story is not over yet. I also need to remember that there is power in the fact that I'm not doing this journey alone, that you actually are going along with me. Please listen to the end of the episode so that you can hear different ways that you yourself can become part of this Sonderlush challenge. So here we go, our halfway episode. I hope it helps you in whatever you are facing. Sarah, and I am halfway through a 52-week challenge to find happiness and rid my life of Sonderless. This episode, we check in on all the challenges with my always entertaining life coach and best friend, John. And we also get a little pep talk from the queen of pep talks, my mom. So guess what, John? What? It has been six months since we started the challenge. Six months. Hmm. Which, by my calculation, is half a year. Hmm. So this episode, we're going to revisit every area that you challenged me to. All right. I know. I really don't want to do this. Oh, you shouldn't. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you remember what all four areas are? No, that's your job. I'm just supposed to talk. Wait, how is that fair? I'm the Bill Walton of podcasts. <laughs> All right. Okay. The first one was love your job. The second was going on dates. The third one was love where you live. The fourth one was having friends outside of your work circle. All right. So let's start with number one. Loving my job. It's so hard to like do this podcast and be honest and like, discover that so many people from my church listen to this podcast. I don't think whispering's <laughs> going to help. <laughs> I still like my job a lot. I love parts of it. We were great. Uh, last night we had a group of people who uh, met called Theology on Tap, where mm -hmm. um, we talk through issues of theology and we uh, have beer and we just talk about life. And it was, I love that like a lot. Mm-hmm. 
I love preaching so much and I'm getting to speak at a bunch of different events all over the place. So there are parts that I really, really love. But would it be safe to say that you like the preaching, teaching, guiding people, but don't necessarily like running a church? Correct. Okay. But the part that's hard is that I'm good at it. What do you do then? It doesn't matter if you're good. I'm good at a lot of things. Doesn't mean I'm going to do them. I mean, stripping for once. I have a gift. John, you don't strip. But I could. That's really Actually, what we need to focus on. I'm going to push back on that because I don't feel like you're that limber. Give me a, give me a couple months. Oh, jeez. The point is, we're uh-huh. all good at a lot of things. But yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that's what we want to do for work. The hard part is, is like the church is doing so well and people are mm-hmm. coming and like on Sundays, I love it. On Sundays, when I get to be with those people, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we've talked to a lot of experts on job stuff, right? Yeah. Some people have said that it's important for me to keep doing this job because there aren't a lot of women doing this job. And if I mm-hmm. leave this job, then there will be a gaping hole of a woman in leadership. So I do it kind of. So you're a martyr? <sighs> I'm just trying to get the root. I have an idea for a solution. Remember, and I won't name the name of the church, but we went to a church where we actually met. Um, and it started as a church plant. And mm-hmm. they had a teaching pastor and an administrative pastor. Yep. What if something like that? came to be yeah i don't know if that's even possible but i think that kind of situation would be a lot more freeing for you it's kind of not possible in my denomination or not been done not been done oh okay a lot of things haven't been done doesn't mean you shouldn't do them methodist pastors are taught how to be all the things but no one can do all the things not well i mean yeah you sacrifice some things and just some people just have temper, different temperaments and are geared towards different things. And you can do it all, but what's going to help you flourish? True. And what's going to be better for the church? So I do have a lot of um, <laughs> people wanting me to do things outside of work, um, outside of my church. I think it's mm-hmm. just I need to start thinking of all that I do as work, not just the church. Because... My problem is, is I feel like my writing and my speaking and all that are hobbies, and that's not true. They're helping the work that I do at the church. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Integration. I'm working towards integration. No, I think that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah. You want, you know, you love the people you work for. You love your denomination. You love your church. But it's just a matter of making sure you're happy. Yeah. And I'm just not sure, like, I'm a good lead pastor. I don't even know if I want to be a pastor sometimes. I think over the last six months, everything that's happened, I remember uh, there was a lot of stuff going on, and it was really hard, and I'd had surgery, and Mm -hmm. people continued to text me, even though I was, like, not feeling well and recovering from having surgery. I didn't know how to set the boundary of, I am not well, and I am a human. And I went to bed crying that night. Just saying, I just want to be a human being. Like a human being. Like other humans have surgery and people go, man, that's a lot. Yeah. But no one was. It was just a really harsh reality for me that in those moments, people don't think of me as a person. No. 
I later had a meeting later in the week and it was great and I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm learning all this stuff. But in the middle of it, I just, <laughs> I just started saying, I just want to be a, a human. I want people to see me as a human. And I think I've excelled in so many areas and failed in others. But the moments that I fail, people see it as so overwhelming because they haven't seen me as a human before, as someone who yeah. like, hey guys, I don't have it all together. And I need, I need you to cut me a little slack. Yeah. Uh, number two is dating. And you literally said it this way, dating, you need to go on dates. I've gone on dates. Uh-huh. Uh, I went on a lot of them. Uh-huh. And then I went on a lot of them with one person. And uh-huh. as our previous podcasts have said, uh, that didn't work out for him. Wasn't mm-hmm. what he was looking for currently, I guess. And then I am in my old pattern. I really miss him. And I hate that. I don't know how to like keep dating when I'm heartbroken. Mm-hmm. But I have to. You do. Because that's part of the challenge. And because it's different than anything I've ever done before. I yeah. tried to set up a date with someone. I wasn't excited about it. But I tried to set up a date and they ended up not being able to make it. Okay. So also I'm gonna be a date for someone to a wedding. Well they someone of potential romantic interest or just someone? Uh, he lives far away. Exactly. So you tried to set up one date in five weeks. Yeah. <laughs> When you say it that way, it sounds horrible. Can't understand, like, what do I have to understand? That my heart was stuck on someone. Yeah, why? Why haven't you gone on dates? I think because I think it won't be as good as it was with the last person. Because we were so, we had so much in common. That seems to be a theme, though. So you have this this pattern of remembering the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you, you, a lot of times you tend to forget the bad, and you just fo- romanticize that past relationship, and then you dwell in it, and you make a tent, you make a bed, <laughs> you start building walls, and then you roof it, and then you've built a nice <laughs> little house in that relationship, and you're not moving out. I have moved out. It's not like I like keep contacting uh-huh. them or like scroll their social medias or do anything like that. You make well, me, you, yeah, you make me I, sound bad, like a I know, crazy person. Yeah, it's my job, uh, although I don't get paid for it. No, no one gets um, paid for this. But you do that internally, and then you stew, and you think about them, and you don't move forward. You're right. My favorite words. So that is why I push you to date, and people listening, that is why I push her to date, because she lays down and stays there and you're like i'm not getting up because that was too good and i won't find anything and there's no good guys out there and yet you keep finding guys yeah and it hasn't been really all that hard it was hard you did not go searching like you didn't have to go to some remote mountain town to find him no he found me exactly so it's not hard. So now you just need to get out there and date. And you need to figure out how you want to meet people because you often say, I don't like the online thing. And I know. I've been trying before, it. Online is 
stupid and it's awful, but it also is a great way to meet people you would not have had a chance to meet. And it also is a way to get some, some dates under your belt and start thinking other ways. Cause when you start thinking and change your mindset, then you outwardly project that you are open to meeting someone and someone will pick up on those cues and probably come talk to you and go on a date with you. Get back on the horse. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. You just got to go meet people, meet them organically, meet them online, but go meet people. It's not hard. If I, if I decide in the next 15 minutes, I can have two dates lined up easy. If yeah, I decide I want to, are they, you can't go. Are they going to be people you like? Probably not, but I'm saying if I just need to go on a date, I can do that. So you don't care if I like them or not. You just want me to go on dates. Yeah. Okay. I mean, ideally, we'd like you to like them, and we'd like you to be finding potential guys you, you, that are that could be serious. Okay. But right now, I'll just settle for you actually going on a date. Love where you live. You don't. I know that. <laughs> you need a passport to get to your house. Um, I love my actual house a lot. I don't love some of the aspects of my home. So I live with a roommate who is incredible. He's the greatest roommate ever. He's great. He's quiet. We don't talk that much. It's like a nice, quiet situation. But he has two dogs that just bark all the time. And it drives me crazy. My condo is adorable. But it is. You're right. It's in an area where there aren't people a lot. And I'm a people person. So that's hard. Mm -hmm. But I'm scared you're going to tell me I have to move. And like financially, I just don't know if that's possible. I've been looking into it, but I just don't know if it's possible. I'm not going to tell you you have to do anything. No, I know. The problem is this. Where I live is, again, I feel like I need to not edit myself, but I just think about like what other people think when they're hearing this. I love where I live in that I love my roommate. I love my parking spot. I hate that I have to drive a half hour to go anywhere. Anywhere. Mm -hmm. But most mm -hmm. people have to do that. A lot of people who live anywhere have to do that. A lot right? of people do, yeah. You have to drive forever to get anywhere. That's true, but that's a temporary situation and it's my choice. And I am actively working to change it. So, nope, you can't deflect. Okay. How do I work on living where I live? You're not challenging me. You've always challenged me on this. I need to challenge you. That's, that's the beauty of where we're at right now. You already know what you need to do. I'm just here to remind you. I know. I've started looking. Yeah. And I've started I mean, figuring out financially, like, what it would mean to lease this place out. Because the truth is, when I have kids, this place would be incredible. It's like you went and bought a station wagon before you had a, a husband or kids. I bought a minivan, you mean. That's the one. <laughs> okay, the last one is friends outside the work circle. And this one is the only one I can tell you I've nailed. Nailed it. I have uh, said no to situations when people have asked me to do things so that I can go and hang out with my friends that are outside of my work situation. Mm -hmm. Tonight, I'm going to a baseball game. And yes, two of the people that I'm going with are from my church, but they also allow me to have like me time. I even met up with someone who listens to the podcast because she was like, I want to be your friend in real life. And we met up and it turns out, we're real friends. We really get along. Oh, I know. I made a friend. Good job. 
Did you see the meme that said everyone ignores the real miracle of Jesus? Not that he was risen, but that he had friends in his 30s, 12 friends in his 30s. Because let's be honest, it is a miracle to have friends in our 30s. I don't know. Yeah. No, you you nailed the friends one. I did nail the friends Uh, one. Yeah, you've done very well there. Now I just have to nail the other ones. Hi. Hi. So how's New York? Oh, wonderful. Busy. Yeah. uh, And the food is good. Expensive, but good. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just cooked for my whole week. I did something called meal planning. What, what? Whoa. I know. Look at me adulting. So that's progress. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It is progress. So speaking of progress, by the way, Americans say progress. Well, I don't care. I say progress. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I'm at six months of this challenge. Just talked to John about whether or not he thought I'd made some changes. And I just Mm -hmm. wanted to get your opinion on it. Because I am of the opinion that I have regressed in the last couple of weeks. Like I was doing really well. And now I kind of feel like I'm not. What makes you think you've regressed there? Because I was thinking you've made progress. 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 (laughs) Or progress. (laughs) Uh, Why do you think I made progress? You're not quite as, I hate to use the word naive, but <laughs> quite as, <laughs> maybe a little bit more experienced and things like that. So what makes you think that you've regressed? Uh, it's hard for me to see the ways that I have changed, particularly like with my work-life balance. Although I did, you know, I am working with a health coach, which is incredible. Um, exactly. That's right. Yes. So that's good. But I just feel like even with loving where I live or feeling like I have settled. I feel like I'm making some moves, but I feel like, honestly, I just feel like exhausted. There aren't any exciting decisions before me. And that's hard. It feels like work is going really well, but uh, like super well. Amazing people are coming to our community and that's great, but I still feel really lonely. You know, there are people who are super great. And even like the girl who my health coach, uh, Bethany, she's incredible. There is that. I think, I think I'm, I think I have a bad attitude. No, I think you're tired. And I think you've had a lot of challenges. Yeah. Some which, you know, will have been brought out in the podcast, but some other things that I know about because I'm your mom, I would give yourself a chance to catch up and, and get, unexhausted I think it's been I I think things have worked out Mm. well you've faced the challenges but sometimes afterwards you're a little you know you're just drained and I think you're at that drained point right now but I do think you're making progress I feel stuck like I you know even with the latest breakup I mean it's been a while it's been a couple months and I still don't feel like totally Mm. settled with moving on and yet I know like kind of what you need to do and well, two months is a very short period of time, Sarah. I, yeah, it'll it'll take a little bit more, as my dad used to call it, tincture of time. The tincture to, of time. The tincture of time, yeah. I like that. So I, I think that's maybe being a little unfair to yourself. But, you know, you're making plans as to what you want to do with the, with the house. And, of course, there's been issues with your uh, condo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had a flood. Yes, yeah. And then there have been some one or two health issues, like I don't, but you know, that's all. Give yourself a chance to recover 
So you've had like one, two, three, anyhow, major oopsies, but there's been more I know. <laughs> in just the last two months. So to just anticipate that you're going to be bright and sunny and think positively about everything's a bit. But I do think you've, you've made like you're going to the health coach. You are considering what the future will be with your condo. You're trying to figure out just how much effort you should put into speaking and, and you, you know, your podcast and that aspect of what you're doing. It's not going to be just answered and you're going to be happy the next day. You know, it's going to take time. But I do think you're making progress. I think you're right. I think I have been really exhausted and... Mm. It was Easter and it was great and wonderful, but I just feel like my emotional level is really depleted. I mean, I've had great experiences, gotten to be on some pretty big podcasts lately, just had great experiences, but my, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out how to move forward or maybe I just shouldn't. Like, right, is maybe it's a sit and wait period, but I am horrible at that. Mm. I'm having a tough time focusing too. I think that's the hard part. I think the fact that you're doing as much and as well as you are is actually a testimony because you've had some pretty hard knocks. Give yourself, I know you're not good at resting, but just give yourself a bit of a break. Maybe, maybe trying to focus too much on it is causing tension that, you know, you might be better just to sort of, I don't mean drift, but just release that pressure a little bit. Mm. work on your what your life coach and getting your diet and getting the stress level down to a certain copable and then I think and doing things that you like like taking tenor to the beach and things like that just because that's such a, a wonderful break yeah you're right I think I think you're right I'm just tired but I also yeah. like, want to be like hopeful about the future like finding love and not having to do everything on my own and feeling attractive and feeling like, I have a good, healthy work-life balance. I think, too, like, one of my best friends moved away, so that's been hard, having her yeah. move to Texas. Although she was in L.A., it still feels like she's one of my mm -hmm. closest non-church friends. Yeah. She was my closest non-church friend, actually. And then, yeah. you know, my other best girlfriend is living in Florida right now, so yeah. that's hard. Yeah. And I just feel like nothing's changing. Yeah. And I want things to change. Yeah. So I don't know how to force momentum, but maybe now is not the time to force momentum. Well, maybe you can't force momentum either. Maybe you have to sort of be in a position to to receive what's going on. When Sometimes when you're from your vantage point of being kind of exhausted, you can't always see what is happening. You, you feel nothing's happening. You feel, oh, yeah. But that's not necessarily a, a good way to, to be it's not a good place to be looking at it from you need to sort of let just let things and then you can disseminate a little bit when you're a little away from it you're, you're very involved with all of the the emotion right now because things happened you know the, within a very short period of time and two months is not a long time when you're sort of going punch 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 you know yeah that's true I think I was just so surprised by everything and I was so surprised by yeah. everything in a good way. And it felt like December was just kind of like a winning, just a season of winning, you know? And then it feels yeah. like January, like the, the carpet yeah. got pulled out from underneath me. And then February yeah. and March were nightmares. Yes. Like one thing after another. Yeah. But I mean, in the end, you know, I got great news that I don't have cancer. That's exciting. Right. 
Yes. But I also think it's problematic that I can't let any of my successes like like actually hit me. I was talking to my health coach today. Um, she was over and we were talking. She was like, do you see the good things in your life? Meaning, I, I think like she's your right. achievements. She was like, have you seen your yeah. achievements? And I just don't know how to like, and that's not yeah. false humility. I mean, I literally don't know how to go, oh, I did that and it was good and it that's went well. That's a good thing. Yeah. It's there, but you sometimes have to sort of just step out of it a little bit. You can't force, you can't make, and sometimes the actual thing that you wanted maybe didn't come to you. You know, and the rest you go, well, that's not worth it. That's not what I, but you have to step back and think, yeah, this was positive. This was good. This was good. And, and learn to appreciate that that one thing that you focused on hasn't come maybe or is taking its time or you're oh. feel you're not. You know. <laughs> I kind of feel like I've become a negative person though. Like not publicly and not like not to people. Like I don't get excited. I say I'm excited all the time. I'm so excited, but mm. I'm not really excited about anything. Mm -hmm. Like nothing, which is really weird. I think. I should be able to look at things and like actually experience and feel like, oh, that's awesome. But I don't. Mm -hmm. I just kind of have this generalized feeling like, all right, let's keep going. And I don't think that's healthy. No, I don't think it is either. And it, it may be I am like a sign of depression or something like that. Maybe. And then I guess you have to decide what to do about that. But sometimes focusing on that, and then you spiral into it more. Mm -hmm. Actually being able to analyze is sometimes a good start as long as, long as you're actually working on problems, you know, because mm -hmm. then you know what you're facing. It's true. But that's, I think I've just always been an overachiever. But like I even remember as a kid getting like a 94 on a test and being like, well, what I do with the six? What I do wrong? Yeah. I think I've just sort of kept going in life that way. Like, oh, I've got a, I've got a good job and people seem to really like me and whatever. But man, I can't get, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Like, yeah, it's like, I feel like I'm always stuck on what I can't do mm -hmm. or haven't done instead of like the moments I feel happiest is when I actually, I don't know, feel the, the achievement or feel like, hey, that was great. And the next thing is going to be great too. You know, Aunt Dorothy sent me this uh, sign that says, um, at any moment, something amazing is about to happen. And I think that's the thing is I don't feel like anything amazing is about to happen. And I don't like that because I kind of think I'm generally a really positive person. And I believe it for other people. Like I'm super amped for, you know, my friend's weddings in a couple of weeks. So I got two friends getting married mm -hmm. in the next couple of weeks. Like generally like, amped for other people but when it comes to my own life it just kind of feels like keep going keep going just keep swimming just keep swimming <laughs> maybe then you miss some of the good things yeah you know well because i think it is pretty awesome that people thought enough to give you a spa day i know it's really awesome that's a that's pretty positive i know and they're technically my bosses because it was the HR team from my church. Uh -huh. Really, literally, like sometimes I even struggle with working on the podcast because I'm like, people must just be like, this privileged girl needs to stop whining. Um, but then I get letters. Like I have a 
a bulletin board here just covered in letters of people who they feel the same way and they don't know what to do about it. And so my journey and my story is giving them a sense of hope. And that was what your point was. Yeah. We are so involved in numbers and trending and stuff like that today that we miss the point, I think, a lot of the time. And if you hit some people and are able to help some people and able to sort out a little bit on your life, but not, maybe though the problem is it's making you focus or trying to focus too much, you know? Like I feel um, like I should be further along. And so yeah. then, it, then it becomes yeah. a problem. So, so, well, then, you know, it's because it's you're doing it in some ways for the podcast, not for yourself. Oh, I get and what you're you saying. I don't know. I want to see the good that's already around me. I just got a book actually mm-hmm. sent to me by a publisher. I know. you. I should be excited that people send me their books. That's a big deal. Um, yes, it is. They say respect you enough to do that. Yes. It's called Grateful. So I should probably read that. <laughs> I'm currently reading like four books, mom. I'm turning into you. I literally, I sit down every night and I read 10 pages from one, this one book, 10 pages from another book. And maybe I'll just add 10 pages from this book. I'm trying to turn into a reader because I'm not a reader. You must be fairly good though, Sarah, because when you give a sermon and things like that, you're able to pick out little golden pieces at least from, so I think you read more and understand more than you think you do, but you don't, you know, again, you're sort of tracking it and maybe just, just enjoy reading what you want to read, but don't read, you know, to turn yourself into a reader, just enjoy what you want. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes, I'm turning everything into a and so like a quantifiable. With myself. I have to have thirty pages a night, or I'm not reading. You know. Well, I do. I mean, yeah. If you don't want to read tonight, that's fine. Watch Mother Brown. <laughs> you're, you're reminding me of the yoga class I went to. I went to the most California yoga class a couple years ago. So I get uh-huh. in this class and it's like super trendy, like super California. And I'm in there and this yoga teacher who like was all of 19, just like perfect body, just whatever. And she would say, and hold warrior one or don't. <laughs> and now move into warrior two or not. <laughs> We're all doing our own practice. <laughs> And I didn't know what to do because no one was telling me what to do. <laughs> okay, so it was somewhere between. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm sort of reading and trying to appreciate a little bit more the actual value in everything. Mm. That and and that I, I realize, you know, I've probably been there for a long time, and I'm just sort of cultivating that because to me that's very important, particularly today. You know, in the world that we live in right now where might makes right, not necessarily. So you think the idea of appreciating everything for its value? Yes. And I should. We should. Actually, you should go to bed. I love you. Thanks for chatting. Love you too. I'll talk Talk to you later. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. forward to looking to the ways that I can see the positivity of all that's happening. I'm grateful for my best friend, John, and for my mom. They always seem to give me good perspective. This podcast is in real time, which has been part of its beauty and its challenge. 
You've been with me through a lot, whether I wanted you to see or hear all of it. As a podcast, we faced our own challenges, whether it's my own time constraints or my amazing beginning editors and designers getting new jobs. All of the folks who have worked on Sonderless the podcast up until now have been volunteers, people who are along for the journey, and I cannot thank them enough, especially Corey and Allie. What we've realized, though, is that this podcast is bigger than just me and my own desire to get rid of Sonderlist. I've been getting lots of letters and messages about how the challenges I am doing are challenging you. And so we want to grow the podcast, and that's going to have to take some financial investment for us to finish the next six months strong and to grow the already large community of folks following the journey. There are a couple of ways that you can get involved that will be coming up in the next few weeks. What this looks like is that Sonderless the Podcast will be joining a professional group of editors and gaining a team of marketers. And that's gonna take some financing that this pastor does not currently possess. So in the next week, we're gonna be launching a Kickstarter to have folks partner with us to finish this incredible journey. So be on the lookout for that. I also want to invite you to share your own challenges with our other listeners and fellow Sonderlusters. Please join us on the Facebook page and join the Facebook group. Each episode, you'll have a chance to engage the content there. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to have some other big announcements. But for right now, I'm just grateful you've been with me on this journey. And I'm honest when I say, I'm excited for the next six months. Sonderless the Podcast is hosted by me, Sarah Heath. This episode was edited by a special guest editor, Greg Nordine. Sonderless is produced by myself, Corey Severi, and Allie Fleming. Our website was created by Alex Maldonado. The theme song was written and performed by Daniel Roberts. You can visit us anytime at www.sonderlessthepodcast.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for updates and exclusive content. If you like the show, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Most importantly, leave a review. It's a great way to spread the word and help people find the show. So until next time, thank you so much for listening and keep looking for your bliss. Thank you.